You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. What a good day to be alive. Yes, grateful for my health. In the past couple of episodes, there was a little bit of a feeling sick. And you can even kind of hear it in my voice. And the energy was kind of low. I was even doing an interview a couple of episodes again with Talia. We met and we were both sick and the energy was low. But now we're back. We're back in action and excited about today's episode. We're talking to Case Kenny. You might have heard of him. You might have not. He's pretty big on podcasting and as well as Instagram. He's got over 177,000 followers at the recording time of this recording. He's got a massive podcast, always in the top 50, maybe even top 20 in health and fitness. It's called New Mindset, Who Dis, which is a very clever name. And he's been podcasting for a couple of years now. And just last year, he blew up. And he seems to be getting a lot of attention from women. So even though he talks to both men and women, he just seems to get that kind of attention. He's really speaking the language that women are are looking to uh, to hear about and, and, and learn from. And I decided, well, let's get him on the podcast. Not only is he a fellow Chicagoan, so we're both recording in Chicago across the city, so not in the same room, but we are both in Chicago. We're both talking about dating, relationships. And I thought it'd be really cool to have him on and talk about why being single is totally okay. And what singlehood can do for you. And that doesn't mean being celibate, which we find out in the episode. I was asking, like, does this mean you don't have sex? Like, what are we talking about being single? It just means not being in a committed relationship and why it's okay not to be always trying to be in a relationship. And I think that that is true for women, but it's just as true for men, is that I think a lot of men are always trying to be with someone or even trying to always sleep with someone. They feel that they can't be with themselves. And there's a problem in that. So Case and I talk about this and he gives us his insight into why it's okay to be on your own. And it's okay not to be committed. And it's okay to build that relationship with yourself. And I think it's very important. I had to have multiple times in my life where I had to just really find out more about who I was. And it's harder to do that when you're in a relationship because you lose part of yourself. But then you start to learn about yourself more when you're out of a relationship because you spend more time with yourself and you can be more selfish and you can really spend time in figuring out who it is you are and what you want. I'm even working with a client right now who, of course, I will remain nameless, but he's going through a separation slash divorce and he's trying to figure out who he is. And he's trying to figure out what he wants. And he needs to be out of that relationship so he can figure that out. And that makes sense to me. I'm sure that makes sense to you as well. And it makes sense to Case. And that's what we're talking about on today's episode. So why don't we jump into it? Here's my episode with Case Kenny. You're going to enjoy it. And he's got a lot of good things to say. So check it out. Hey, Case, what's going on, man? Hello. Uh, things are great, man. Thanks for having me on. It's a beautiful yeah. day in Chicago, too, for both of us, which is I know. unprecedented. It sure is. <laughs> and we're, we're stuck inside. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> For right now, at least. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool, man. Yeah, no, it's fun that you're in Chicago. Like I said before we started, I, I've heard about you for a while. I think I, I think it was I found your podcast, and then from there I followed you on Instagram, and just love what you've been doing and and what you preach, and it's just really good stuff. How did you? So it all started with your podcast. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I started the podcast um, almost three years ago, which and I was grateful. You know, it did well right off the off the gate. But it's the funniest thing because I never had any intention to talk about dating topics or relationship topics. I, I really I, like the the podcast is about mindfulness, but mindfulness is very related to dating well and uh, enjoying dating. And you know, I waited. <laughs> I always joke. I waited until episode 69 to even talk about relationships and then I did and people started to enjoy it so I've been going going from there talking about things that could be helpful and dating certainly is one of them. Cool. Well, very appropriate number to start on, so. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, man. That's great. Yeah, no, you have a very big podcast, New Mindset Who Dis. Just people seem to love it. I think it's great and I love what you preach and you have a book called Single is Your Superpower, Catch Feelings for Yourself. When did you write this? So I wrote this around this time last year, released it in September 2020. Okay, got it. September 2020. So pretty new. Yeah, pretty new. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely not... Well, it's hot off the press for sure. What's this book about? I mean, the the title kind of sells itself. I mean, it's about... I think a lot of times, depending on who you talk to... Being single is something that you you want to get through. You want to get past being single. A lot of times, there's a stigma attached to being single. Being single means there's something wrong with you. It means you're hoeing around. It means you're irresponsible. It means you're immature. Yada, yada, yada. Being single means you're lonely. That's a big one. People assume that being alone means they're lonely. Being a single means they're alone, which means they're lonely. All these negative things. And I just wanted to set the record straight that being single is freaking awesome. It's such a like a potentially small amount of time in your life that you're never gonna have again, and it you should take advantage of it in every sense of enjoying yourself, having fun, meeting people, but also in the sense that when you're single, that's the greatest opportunity you have to get to know yourself and what you want in a partner, and that's the biggest thing. So yeah, so that's what the book's about. It's like half book, half journal. There's exercises that kind of really cement some of the things I talk about and understand why you're dating. Don't just date, just to date, but actually have intention behind it and uh, things like that. It's a, it's a relatively short read because it is half book, half exercises. But I mean, it's in the title. I think it is a superpower. It's not something you should look down on or try to fast forward through. Are you single right now? Yeah, I'm, I'm currently dating someone, um, but it's pretty pretty fresh. So yeah, I've been single for the past three years. Okay. And so do you think that this book was inspired by your personal life? Hundred percent. I would never write something for, unless it was for my own perspective. Yeah. So I mean, my I'm thirty. I'm basically thirty three. I turned turned thirty three in, in a week. My entire twenties, I was serial monogamous. I was in three long term relationships. You know, two years, three years, three years, and that was great. And then I turned like twenty nine, and I've been single ever since. And it's been so amazing, like being intentionally single, not putting on pressure on myself. You know, I've been dating for sure, but you just haven't found the right person, and I've been totally cool with it. And everything I wrote about in the book is kind of like mindsets that I came to realize. It just made me happy while I dated. Not necessarily how to find your person, because I don't have the the keys to that blueprint. 
But I do have what I think are simple mindsets to help you just be happier while you're dating because dating is inevitably going to suck. It's inevitably going to be painful, annoying, frustrating, whatever adjective you want to insert there. So kind of drew on my experiences dating in Chicago to just you know kind of help people find their self, catch feelings for themselves so that when they go out and date and potentially catch feelings for someone else, they do it in a healthy way and it's uh, fulfilling. What are some things that you did or you tell people to do when they are being intentionally single? So when you say intentionally single, does this mean you're not hooking up with any girls? Like are you just completely celibate? Just <laughs> no, like you're no with way. yourself? No, no way. Okay. No. <laughs> no. A lot of times people assume that, you know, they listen to my content and it's very hopeful and um, you know, um, compassionate and all these things. People assume that, you know, like you should never Case Kenny would never go hook up with someone, would never have a one night stand or anything like like that. And that's the opposite. I, I am all for those kinds of things. You should go and hook up. And I even wrote a chapter in the book called Your Ho Phase, which is where I um, kind of encourage you to not necessarily like sleep around unless you want to, which is totally fine, but just to meet as many people as possible. The whole idea of being intentionally single or just when you are single, being intentional about what you do next is forming your own truths. I think a lot of times we come to conclusions about what we should do, what we should say, how we should date, and so on and so forth. And we're borrowing those from other people. And I think it's great to be inspired by like guys like you and guys like me. We give our opinions on things. But ultimately, you've got to figure out what's right for you. Like You've got to. And that, that's when you're single, that's when you figure that out. And when you're single, you're dating. So like it's a little bit of a word. You, know, you got to figure out the words there. It's like when you're single, you're actively dating. You're meeting new people. It just means you're not in a committed relationship. But that's the best opportunity to figure out who you are, what you want, what you want in a partner, what you actually want in a partner, not what you're told you want in a partner. And that's the biggest thing. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with all this. There was a few periods in my life where I feel like I was intentionally single or dating myself. And it's, it's kind of interesting too, is you start to learn about yourself in a different way as you start to discover what you are like without trying to date or be in a relationship. I remember I went through a six-month period where I wasn't celibate, but I was very lightly dating. So like, I would date, but I was trying to keep it to a minimum so yeah. I could really focus on just enjoying time with myself. I took a trip to Europe and I went there for, I think it was like six, seven weeks and I went alone and I had one of the best times of my life. And I was 100% alone. And I felt like I was creating this new relationship with myself, like actually creating almost a friendship with myself. Because before that, I was in multiple relationships where I wasn't able to craft that relationship with myself. And I just agree how important that really is. Yeah, I love that so much. I mean, I think the thing is, like, you know, Men, women, it doesn't really matter. Right? There is this temptation to think that when you're single, you're lonely. And I get that because yeah, you might be. You might actually feel lonely. Like that's a normal human thing. Like if you're if you're on you're on a bad luck streak with women and your dating life kind of sucks, you either reject it or you go on a couple bad dates and it just doesn't seem like things are gonna work out. Like you can feel lonely for sure. But like a lot of what I talk about is just the power of self-awareness and the fact that like being lonely. You know, it, it just means you're alone. And it, like, I, I try to like 
consider things on a, on a straight line, like a linear line, and like we're here and you fast forward to the future to the right. If you were to look back at the time when you're single, I really don't think that's a, a time you'll regret. Like, th- there's a lot of things you might regret related to your dating life. You might regret um, dating the wrong person, being in a toxic relationship, uh, all these kinds of things. But you'll never regret the time where you're single because, to your point, it's such a great opportunity to, you know, you could say date yourself or whatever, but it's just like, You've got to you've got to learn to to be alone. Otherwise, you're you're gonna really struggle a lot in life. And I, I talk a lot about this topic too because you know it's during the time when you're alone where you can understand why you do things. Like a lot of my audience are women, and they're constantly DMing me and emailing me uh, issues that they're facing. And a lot of the issue that I uncover is I ask I say why are you dating, and they they never have a good answer. And never. Oftentimes, I find they don't have a good answer. It's like why I'm supposed to date. I'm supposed to find a partner and live a life happily ever after. I'm like, for sure. But you've got to understand why are you dating? Like right now, what is the reason? Like that's not a good enough reason that just you're human and you're supposed to pair off. Like you've got to have a reason. And I find that when you're single and alone and spending time with yourself, that's when you come up with the reason. And that's why it's powerful. So all those things are related. Spending time alone, being lonely, and then coming out of that being like, okay, now I know why I want to date. So that's why I just find it such a liberating time in your life. Yeah, totally. I mean, you learn all these lessons, like you're saying. So what what else are these women emailing you and asking you questions about? Oh, so many things. I mean, I think the, I think the number one kind of general topic I get is women not understanding a man's intent or like where a man is in his head. Like, what, is, what does he want? Like, oh, I've been dating this guy. We've gone on three dates, but I don't, I don't know where he is. I don't know what he wants. I don't know what his intentions are. So honestly, most of the trends come down to lack of communication or miscommunication. I get a lot of those. Like, I don't know what he wants. Like, I don't understand what he wants. He says he he wants a relationship, but we haven't talked about it or something like that. A lot of that. Got it. What do you think that is? Like, what do you think is actually happening there? I mean, (laughs) I I think a lot of it's overthinking, for one. I I think a lot of women particularly put pressure on themselves to know exactly what's going on after date two or date three. And I think a lot of that comes a lot of that comes from pressure, like societal pressure to they're looking at someone else's relationship and they're like, well, their relationship took off so fast. They fell for each other immediately, like DTR, like all, all that kind of stuff. That's one. And that's a big one. And it leads to a lot of overthinking, a lot of overinterpreting, a lot of ass- assuming things about text or calls or what he said or so on and so forth. I think that's a big reason. I also think a lot of the times women don't ask. Like it's not a a question of like a, I'm, <laughs> I'm not, that's funny. I'm not I'm not encouraging women to be like what are we after date 2? Like I would create a a a horde of, you know, craziness. Uh, so I never encourage that, but a lot of the times like I go on dates all the time and usually when I sit down I'm like, "Hey, so what's up? Like what's your vibe? Like if we met on an app, like why are you on the app? Like what are you looking for?" Like a super casual just softball question. I feel like women think that when they ask that question, men are going to be like freaked out. Because I don't know if it's like delivery. Women get all serious about asking that question. And then their delivery makes it seem more yeah. serious. But I, it's such a simple thing that I think <laughs> could solve a lot of problems, particularly for women and for men as well. Let's talk about what you were saying before about this idea of loneliness and being single. I feel like a lot of people, they are in lots of relationships or serial daters, serial monogamists, 
because they can't stand being by themselves. Yeah. Why do you think this is happening? Yeah. So I think a lot about this. I think about myself because I used to be the same way. To my point, in my 20s, I was like, I've got to find my person. And I, and I was in several serious long-term relationships towards that end. And then something happened. I turned 29, 30, 31, 32. And I'm like, I, yes, I definitely want to find someone, but I am not afraid to be alone. And I think, I think a lot of it, and I think about my life, like in my 20s, like I was definitely a late bloomer, just like physically, mentally, emotionally, kind of every, so always kind of trying to find my, my place in life probably a little bit later than the average person. Always kind of had a, a thing about me of wanting to prove that I was successful and things like that. So kind of a little bit of feeling of insecurity combined with like feeling a little bit lost. And I think it was easy for me to say, okay, well, relationship will prove that I am worthy, that I'm, I'm all these good things, and it'll kind of dismiss those insecurities. So like, I kind of just never addressed those things. And when I was lonely, I was like, well, the solution to loneliness isn't overcoming insecurities, isn't finding purpose. The solution is finding a person. And I think turning 29, I just realized that that just isn't the truth. Like, I think everyone has it in them to find some kind of passion in life or some kind of growth or some kind of catalyst to find their confidence. Like, I just look at, I look at, like, there is a corollary between my lack of confidence in my 20s and my aversion to being alone. And now in my 30s, I'm, I, I'm very, I feel very confident in myself and I have no aversion to being alone. So I think it's like, it just chicken or egg. It's like, a partner isn't going to solve those underlying issues. And I think that the best thing you could do is just really push yourself to invest in personal growth. And I know that's a cliche, but pushing yourself to understand why you're insecure, why you're not confident, dive into, you know, I'm not encouraging everyone to become an entrepreneur, but like I found a lot of myself in my businesses that I've started and just finding something personal. That is what made me realize that my alone time is so powerful. And it totally kind of flipped the script on me. I lived with that, that pressure of wanting to find someone because I assumed that that person would kind of validate me and overcome any of my shortcomings that I just referenced. And it never really did. I mean, being in those relationships in my 20s, I still felt you know, insecure, not confident, whatever. So I mean, there, there's, there's truth in that. The proof is in the pudding there. And coming out of that, like now just having been alone for three years, it's been so amazing. Like I've never felt less pressure to be in a relationship. And I feel like that's great because now when the person who comes along, um, who's right for me in that sense, it's going to just be so much more organic and it's going to be a lot better. It's going to be less forced. Yeah. No, 100%. That's so cool. What do you think is one of the biggest revelations you had about yourself during this big period of being single? Something that you didn't realize about yourself or something that you liked about yourself or disliked about yourself. Yeah. Well, I think the, the, the biggest thing, it's like, I, I came to realize that I always used to think that there was a right way to like live a happy life, right? That there was a right way to be single. There's a right way to be in a relationship. There's a right way to become an entrepreneur. There's a right way to succeed in your career. And there's a right way to be confident and, and so on and so forth. And I, and I always used to try to emulate that way that when I would see it in someone else. And you know, even in Chicago, like I used to be a big club guy and I still like going to the club, but I used to like be kind of like a douchebag about it because I thought that that was the right way to show that you're confident in yourself. You go and buy bottles, invite a bunch of girls over. That's the way that you show that you're the man and you're confident in yourself. 
Same with my business. Like I used to think that being successful meant that I would flex my sales for the month and show that off and, and yada, yada, yada. And I think those are fine things, I suppose. But I really just came to realize that there, there truly is no right way to do anything. And not just that's a cliche, but there's no right way to be confident. Confidence is not flexing. Confidence is just knowing that you can handle whatever comes next. It's a muscle that you flex. And I just really came to realize that. And I really kind of... It's just imbued me with a lot of confidence because I've, I've proven this. Like There is no right way to be single. I've been single for the past 3 years and it's been amazing. There's no right way to make a living. I make a living from sharing my feelings on a podcast and writing little quotes on a, on a coffee cup on Instagram. Four years ago, I would have thought that that's ridiculous. And that definitely is not the right way. And it just kind of opened my mind to the fact that when it comes to dating and meeting women, there's no right way to impress a woman. There's no right way to uh, win a woman over, persuade a woman, show your best self, like anything like that. Like certainly there are ways to, and there, and you should bring your best self forward and and do these different things. But to me, it just kind of really liberated me from following someone else's blueprint, discovering my own, and living that, and just being happy with whatever comes next. Uh, and it's just, it's just been a, it's just been a mindset shift, and it's just like I feel great about myself. It's almost given me like too much confidence. Like I feel like I've got a little bit of an ego about me in in a in a somewhat healthy way because I just it's just when you start looking for proof that there's no right way to do anything, particularly within dating, you find it a lot, and then that just really is it's empowering, and that's been big for me, and just made me really happy. To your point about confidence and ego. I've been thinking about this a little bit, the difference between... What's the difference between confidence and arrogance? And I came to the conclusion that confidence is you think that you're awesome. Arrogance is you think you're better than other people. So it's totally okay to have confidence in yourself, think you're the man, think you're awesome. For some reason, that got really blurry in the world. And if you ever give yourself a compliment, people will will get on you quickly and be like, yeah. Oh, someone's a little arrogant or okay, showing off there. But it's like, if you're just loving yourself and you're complimenting yourself, that's amazing. Like, yeah. like you should do that. It just comes down to are you doing it because you believe it or are you doing it because you're trying to get approval or that external validation, as we were saying? Yeah, man. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. I'm so on board with that. I'm like, what's the book? I've read it a couple of times. Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. It's a good book, sure. right? It's, it's all about famous personalities who have let their ego get ahead of them and so on and so forth. I even did an episode on this. I think your ego is an amazing thing, but it's exactly what you just said. Your ego... your health, There's two sides to your ego. There's the ego that tells you that you're better than everyone else. That's not the healthy side. And then there's the healthy side, which says, you're a freaking awesome, amazing person. You should go out there and flex. And the reason you should do that is because you know that no matter what happens next, you'll be okay. That is healthy ego, and I'm all for it. My my thing that I wrote a chapter in Singles or Superpower. I wish I could kind of update the uh, the names that I used when I wrote it, but I, I called it that. Everyone should have a little bit of Kanye attitude to them, and also a little bit of Drake feelings to them. It's like everyone should have a little bit of ego, but also a little bit of vulnerability. Like that's the the ultimate package. I think for one, like that's what women want and what women look for, and what a man should look for in a woman too, as well. If you can secure that yourself, not just portray it, like you're just gonna be awesome. You're just gonna be so fulfilled because you have no doubt that whatever you say or do, as long as it's respectful and compassionate, you can handle what comes next. And you're not buying into, I hate to put 
phrases around it, but ta- toxic masculinity and not talking about your feelings or talking about kind of what's important to you. So like, I always, I always reference that chapter that I wrote because it's kind of a big vibe for me and kind of leads me to be like, I can go from banging out house music tunes and, and going to the gym and doing an arm workout and coming back and talking about my feelings. And I think that's great and it's healthy and it just, it just feels amazing. And it's all led by this idea of a healthy ego that, you know, judgment, whatever. But as long as I have that confidence in myself and know I can handle any, anything, then, then that's healthy for me. Yeah. I mean, that definitely makes you more well-rounded as a person to be able to do that. I like that Kanye, uh, Drake analogy there yeah. or you know, ways of categorizing it. Yeah. That to me, that combination of ego or you know, super confidence with, okay, I can still be real and you know, vulnerable. To me, that's a charismatic person. I want to yeah. be careful with the word vulnerable, but you know, I just mean that you're you know, I don't think vulnerability is that sexy to women. I, I think that women really love to play that up and tell guys like, "Be vulnerable, be vulnerable." I think that there is a fine line between vulnerable oh, yeah. and are you just a complaining, like weak <laughs> guy, like who can't get a hold of his emotions? You know what I'm saying? So, oh yeah, I, 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 I personally want to be careful there with telling guys to be vulnerable. I also think it's such a vague word, but. That concept of like, I'm just thinking about like when I'm meeting guys, like as friends, like when I'm meeting dudes, and if I'm seeing that they're confident guys, but they can also be real with me, I'm like, this guy gets it. Like, this guy is cool. Yeah. You know, like I'll be attracted friendship wise to a dude like that because he's not self deprecating. That's one end of the spectrum, but he's also not like arrogant, thinks he's the shit better than other people. That fine balance there, that Kanye Drake right there is, uh, yeah, that, that's what makes you a more relatable person. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. And, and to your point about vulnerability, yeah, vulnerability is such a loaded word and I would never Yeah, what do you make of it? I mean, it, honestly, it does depend on who I'm talking to, for sure. In my mind, all vulnerability is is honesty. But there's a time and place yeah. for honesty. <laughs> so you don't always want to be like, oh, today okay, I'm just yeah, yeah, a yeah. little overwhelmed. It's like, no, it's not always appropriate. For, for yourself and for, you know, wh- whoever you're forming a relationship with. So totally on the same page there. But I, I think, you know, there's a book, it's called Radical C- Candor or something like that. I talk a lot about radical honesty. It's just like honest with your intentions, honest with your actions. Yeah, Brad, honest- Brad Blanton? I forget. It's, so, it's so, something like that. I, I, don't, I feel like I've, I've skimmed it, yeah, didn't read it, but honesty, hang on, hang on to Blanton, the title. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's like with, Women with dating and with yourself, like I think that's the best principle is you're you're practicing that honesty. And all honesty is just like the sense of certainty that how whatever your intention is, it's okay that you shouldn't be ashamed for your intention. And I think that comes back to self awareness, and that's everything that I preach. That's like you gotta know why you're doing something, why you're saying something, why you're talking to someone in order to have an outcome that you're going to either want or enjoy the process. Um, so yeah, so I mean, vulnerability it, to me is just a sense of practical honesty. Sure, sure, okay. No, so now let's talk about guys who are single, and they're trying to find out what they want. Any thoughts on that? Like guys who are, you know, I, basically, I work with guys, I coach guys. And sometimes I'll get a guy who says to me, 
he's confused. He wants, he knows he wants a relationship, mm. but he also wants to sleep around with a few women. He wants to sleep around with a few women maybe before he finds a relationship. I even work with some guys that say they only want to sleep around with women. And then when I help them meet women and they're doing it successfully, they find one they really like and want a relationship. So I feel like there's men out there who are confused on what they want. And, and it makes it confusing because yeah. you know sometimes you're just a guy who wants to sleep around with women, but then biology kicks in and you meet a woman <laughs> and you get attached. Yeah. It yeah, just yeah. happens. Yeah, dude, it's a good question. It's actually so funny that we're even having this conversation because most of the interviews I do are all with women, and we're just we're it's just a different side of the coin. So this is a really interesting perspective. You're in the man. You're me. in the man cave now. Yeah, no, it's just it's just so funny because uh, you know I, you know I, I could talk about things for women in a way that I know is like super empowering because it's, it's a little bit of dishing up what I know is wanted to be heard. So it's just interesting being in the man cave. Yeah, I think. Um, well, I think it's a couple of different things. I think I've been there for sure. I think I think the biggest thing is, as a man, there's always going to be that temptation to um, want to continue to explore and sleep around, while at the same time being at odds with this, you know, compassionate desire to team up and find that special person. I think a lot of times we assume that there's this utopia of time in our life. We're going to wake up in the morning and we're going to be like, I no longer want to sleep around. I just don't think that's ever a realistic thing. Like, and I hate to be like men versus women, but I think men are always hardwired to have that mentality of of hunting or at least being um, more more curious in that sense. So I don't. I think it's unfair to ourselves to to expect ourselves to have complete clarity and being like today for the my future. I am looking for one woman, and I will have no wandering eye, and I will have no curiosity. I don't think that's a fair expectation of ourselves, and I think sometimes that makes us evolve into overthinking and doubt. So I think that's one for sure. But also I think I like I talk to my married friends. I talk to my friends who have kids. It's like even once you find that single person, that one person that you know is your person and you know you love dearly and you want to have a life with, like it doesn't mean your your brain is going to turn off and you're no longer going to have wandering thoughts or curiosity or anything about that. It's it's everything is a balance for sure. I think in the moment or you know the the people that you're referencing. It's like that comes down to okay, I have these two intentions that are a bit at odds with each other, and that's fine. There's nothing to berate myself for. I'm not a bad person for thinking these things. I'm not lost or anything. It's like I need to choose an intention right now, and I need to act on it. And then if I change my mind while I'm acting on it, that's okay as well. I mean, I talked to a lot of people, like my buddies in my twenties, were like, "Oh, we're just the single dudes. We're going out," and then all of a sudden. You meet someone and it's over. Had no intention, but you got to be fine with that evolving journey. So I think it, it does come down to expectations for yourself, like not necessarily pigeonholing yourself to expect that you're only going to have one expectation and you're just going to rock and roll with it. But th- that would be my take on it. I'm sure you've got a better perspective with your clients, but I think I think from my perspective, being the mindfulness guy, it comes down to being a, being a little bit more gentle with yourself as far as what you expect of yourself and then not being afraid to change your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Being open-minded and and not putting the pressure on yourself and kind of letting things happen as they are. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that's healthier than putting yourself in a corner 
and you know expecting certain outcomes based on what your intention is at the moment i think you'll be happier if if you kind of give yourself a little bit more flexibility sure sure let's talk about mindfulness for a second so you preach this pretty big on your podcast yeah yeah i mean mindfulness is a big buzzword of course you got all these apps that are meditation apps that are mindfulness apps as well calm and headspace and all these ones and i think the idea of mindfulness can get a bit overwhelming. You've got lots of people in the space which are, you know, doing good things and compassionate things, but it can be a bit overwhelming. Personally, I'm just a guy being a dude. What's your favorite thinking. book on mindfulness? I and read a lot of. Um, I always butcher his name, but he's a he's a a monk. His name is Thich Nhat Hanh. I don't know how to say it, but that's how it's spelled. Really practical understanding of mindfulness, and really what it boils down to is. All mindfulness is a self-awareness. And that makes it a much easier concept to understand. A lot of times you, you hear about mindfulness, you hear about, oh, you got to vibrate at a higher frequency and, and all this kind of stuff. And like, I don't really know what that means, to be honest. But I do know what self-awareness is. And self-awareness is just looking your bullshit in, in the, the face and addressing it. Asking yourself why. I mean, that's the biggest thing. All mindfulness is, is the practice of asking yourself why. And I talk a lot about the power of why. You could break down any anxiety, any issue, any decision to be made by asking yourself why. Let's get an example of, of what that looks like. That, that questioning of why, why, why. Like, What's one example of what that looks like? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing... I think about so many examples in my life where let's say I'm, I'm dating and I'm talking to multiple women or something like that. But clearly, I'm not interested in one woman. But I continue to entertain her texts or maybe go out with her randomly, something like that. Like you know inherently that you're not interested in this woman and that's okay. But you continue to entertain her, maybe to hook up with her, maybe because you don't want to be the, the mean guy and say, hey, I'm not interested or whatever. But self-awareness, like you actually sit down and you be a little hard on yourself. And you're like, why am I returning this woman's text? Why am I agreeing to go out with this woman? I, have, I, I don't want to, but I do it anyway. I cannot be the only guy who does that or like doesn't want to let someone down so on and so forth. So I think self-awareness will quickly tell you that you have no obligation to do that. And it's not aligned with what you want. And you should do something about it. Either radical honesty and just and be done with her. Things like that. Or it's like maybe you're trying to find someone and you're on a dating app and you're, you're always swiping and trying to set updates, but you're like not fulfilled with it. And then you find yourself getting numbers and you don't end up setting up dates. Like I've done that. I can't tell you how many numbers I have from women on dating apps that I got the number and never texted them. <laughs> it's just like kind of a... And then uh, they're the ones asking, I don't get it. He asked for my number. What, what happened to him? Yeah. And that's 100% on me. 100%. Like they would have every right to be like, what? Well, that was weird. And the answer comes down to, well, in the first place, why was I even on that dating app? I, and I, I've been there and it was like, I, you know, to be honest, I was just doing it because I wanted a little bit of validation, but I didn't want to go out with anyone. It just wasn't wasn't in the mood. I'm not eagerly dating, and self awareness would have told me that it's just a waste. That it's a complete waste of my time and energy. Things like that. I mean, classic you know roadblocks that you run into when dating. There or even like if you're in a relationship with someone and you're starting to have doubts about it or started to overthink, like that's when mindfulness gives you a supercharge of what to do. I mean, that's the toughest situation to be in. You're in an early mid stage relationship and you're trying to decide if it's worth really investing in? Should you try harder? Should you let go? That is a big question. And the answer is not always going to be super obvious, but mindfulness, self-awareness is going to get you there. I think the, the biggest thing, 
the biggest like self-awareness question that I've asked myself in a relationship when deciding what to do. And did this somewhat recently, maybe, I don't know, uh, six months ago or so when I was dating another woman. And I was like, there's a question of when I think about her and myself, and this was an early stage relationship, like two months in, does she bring out the best in me or the worst in me? Like when I consider our relationship together, am I more anxious when I'm with her or am I less anxious? Do I feel jealous around her? All these different kinds of things. And I would be like, oh man, you know what? It's not her fault, but she's she's bringing out like the bad aspects of myself because I know myself pretty well and I know what I'm what makes me a good man and what makes me a bad man. And I was like, in this instance, it's the my the bad aspects of myself. I should think about what I want to do. There's got to be like that's not a good sign. So those are just simple questions that are all evolved from mindfulness, and all mindfulness is is self awareness. Yeah, self awareness. Which is huge. I mean, that is like, uh, that's a superpower in itself. I feel like you have, if you have self awareness, then that could help you change and fix and grow and evolve and be a better person because you're aware of what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, what you think is tearing you down. I'll have moments throughout the day, like my, my awareness is on this, is on a crazy level. Like you ever find yourself in the middle of the day and you'll just stop and go, I'm kind of in a bad mood. And you're like, you've been feeling that way for maybe the past 30 minutes or an hour. And then you're like, wait, why am I feeling this way? And then you like think about it and you finally deduce it to a point where you're like, oh, it's that thing that happened like yeah. 10 minutes yeah. ago. And then you think about yeah. that and you kind of release it. Yeah. But, the, but that's such a great example because I feel like what you just described, you're somewhat the outlier there. A lot of people will just rock and roll with that feeling. They won't take the time to realize what it is so that they can release it. And then they're just in that perpetual, ambiguous headspace. And it's the same for dating. It's like, we will live with insecurities in our dating lives or lack of intention in our dating lives. And we won't take the time to question it. And then it's like, well, no wonder you're not happy dating. No wonder you're kind of striking out or like not having fulfilling dates or conversations or whatever, whatever it may be. It's like, yeah, to your, to your point, I mean, self-awareness is a superpower because it, it will show you to whom and to what you should give your energy. And I can't think of a, of a better path to being happy and successful in life. All that success and happiness and fulfillment comes down to is knowing to what and to whom to give your energy and then how often to continue to do that. I mean, that's the big, it's like building a business. Like how often should you try to do something over and over again until you get a result that you want? That comes down to self-awareness and awareness of you know outcomes. And same with dating and relationships. It's like you've got to make that decision, and that's what's going to lead you to an outcome that's going to either change you or it's going to be the outcome you want. But either way, you've got to make that decision. And I get asked a lot, like, case, like, what are you good at in life? Like, what's your skill? And I think my skill is just simplifying decisions for myself and encouraging other people to do the same. And that comes from self-awareness. Like we just make things too complicated. Like the, the amount of times we allow what ifs and overthinking to run rampant in our head, it's a very fair thing to, to, to happen to us. And it's because we're human, but it's very quickly counteracted when we expect a high level of self-awareness from ourselves and we practice it. Where we, it, to your point, if you feel that you're in a bad mood one day, you don't just you know, be like, ah, I'm in a bad mood, whatever, whatever, on, on, on. It's like, no, you take a minute and you figure out what it is that's bothering you. You address it, you try to let it go, but you at least address it and then you move on with your day. 
And I think that's such a power move. And it just it just makes you so much more emotionally intelligent, and then your actions will follow. And it's just a, it just gives you momentum in life. Totally, it also helps build your self esteem, feel better about yourself. Do you feel like that you had a point in your life where you had low self esteem? Um, I would never say like low self esteem, but I, I would say just kind of just non existent. Like I didn't really have a strong sense of self in general, and why I. Why does case matter? I would think, well, I don't really because I'm not successful or I'm not the best looking or I'm not the funniest or whatever. And those are insecurities. So like just a, a lack of a sense of self. And I think that was driven by a lack of purpose potentially and all, all those great things combined. Um, but I think somewhat quickly counteracted in my later 20s by the fact that those were all built on assumptions that there's a right way to build self-esteem, for example, there's a right way to be confident. And I just created my own, my own variety of it that's fulfilling to me. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. I mean, there's a quote I saw earlier, I, I screenshot a lot of quotes. It's like, if it works for you, that's all that matters. And like, like that's the thing. I think sometimes we, we get lost in like the nuance of words. Like, what does it mean to have an ego? What does it mean to be confident? And this is what I do for a living. And I think ultimately it's like it's your own definition that makes you fulfilled and aware of your own bullshit and happy with it. And not like forced, like I like forced happiness, forced confidence, forced self-esteem is never going to work. You've you've got to get at the core of things and round and run we go. Now we're back at self-awareness. So yeah, I've definitely grown though to your question. Like I used to kind of I was you know, lanky, skinny dude, kind of late bloomer, didn't really know what I wanted in my career, wasn't great at really anything. Like I wasn't dumb, but I wasn't really smart, just kind of average. And I think that that kind of dug at me for a while. So I was like, well, I'm just kind of just a kind of just being a guy. But um, that's fine. You know, you could be a normal person and live an extraordinary life, be extraordinarily successful on your own terms, be confident on your own terms. And we're making self-awareness up to be this big silver bullet, but I really do think it's that that powerful. Like people just don't take the time to do it, and that's what separates people in life. People who take the time to know their self, know themselves. Cool case. This was awesome, enlightening, and cool to hear it from a guy who is actually living what he preaches. You know, you're doing the thing where you are single and. You're talking about how it's it's okay to be single and it's good to find yourself and it's okay not to have all the answers and to just take things one step at a time. So I respect that and I appreciate it and also appreciate you coming here on the podcast and talking to us and all the gentlemen listening. If they want to learn more about you, where do you want them to go? Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, man. This was a refreshing conversation. It's <laughs> very I'm difficult. Sure. For me, so uh, super cool. But likewise to you, man, you're helping a lot, of, a lot of guys in a very similar way. Where you can go, I'm just case.kenny on Instagram. That's the easiest way to find me or uh, newmindsetwhodis.com as well. Cool. We'll put that in the show notes. Thanks again, Case, for coming on and sharing your wisdom. Right on. I appreciate you, man. Thank you.